Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. We've got some game show extravaganza for you this week as we look back at Finders Keepers and Fun House. It's wacky, it's fun, it's crazy, it's outrageous! And we take a special look at a special show, The Gladiators. We'll be focusing on the UK version of this iconic show, but it was watched by millions and millions all around the world. Awuga! So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm alright, thanks. It's all a bit uh, of, a, of a technical uh, mess at the moment, so I'm, I'm scared this is going to cut off any minute as I'm speaking. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, well, the viewers won't know any different. Hopefully, we'll we'll know because I'll 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 get rid of all of that in post. So <laughs> there'll be there'll be none the wiser, thankfully. But yeah, it's 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 it's, it's been a bit wild at the moment. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, if it doesn't cut off, then we can have a a smooth record. Petrol update: it's actually gone up to one pound fifty a liter. You know. Yeah. I put petrol in today, and I'm not joking. I nearly had a heart. Do you know when you you turn around twice? Have I put the right fuel in? Yeah, one forty six a liter. I put in for the cheap one. Um, yeah. Where was it? Where? Yeah, it's one pound fifty one point nine here. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's how, I don't think I've seen it as expensive as that. I'm sure. No, I I, I predicted it would go up there, but that is that's violating now. You are taking the absolute Michael one pound fifty one a liter. I mean, I've just got back from um, Glasgow for the old COP twenty six. Uh, I I was tasked with driving the van up. Do you know what? It was actually really nice to just fill it up and just put it on the company card. Not even have to. I'm putting the expensive one in. Waving other drivers through. Do you want a tank? Do you want a tank? Oh wow! So you, you so you did manage to like fill up then? No problem. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I think most of the service stations were they were fine. We had to fill up a few times, and and we're staying in a, an undesirable place in uh, in Glasgow. And uh, we were talking to one of the taxi drivers, and he goes, we "We're like, oh, what do you think of this area?" And he goes, "You know, a few seconds silence went past, and he goes, it's okay as long <laughs> as long as you stay in your house.'" <laughs> so where were you in Govan? Because I know that's where Alex Ferguson's from, and he goes it was a pretty rough area. Um, I don't know the area. Uh, I don't know. It was t- near the Celtic Stadium. So, I mean, it was literally like probably a, f- a 10-minute walk, if that, to the stadium. And our little Airbnb came complete with gollywog. But the thing is, right, so imagine this, right? So you, you've had like, I, I was up at four in the morning. Um, I didn't get home till nine o'clock at night or something like that. And it was really nice place and i'm talking like really like you know it was the the flat was really nice walking out these carpeted stairs the heating's on the ceilings are really high there's the scots are all about their tartan right all the tartan and their crest and everything like that everything's all over the wall it looks really nice and then just sitting there top of the bookshelf was a gollywog just sitting there like you know i don't know understand why that's even if you look fair enough if that's what if that's what you want do your thing right but if you're if you're hiring this place out as an Airbnb, what? Why you got it up there? Well, I think certain people can only apply for there. Can you imagine if I tried to apply for that house at Airbnb? Oh no way! 
<laughs> I tell you, like, oh yeah, yeah, Airbnb. Yeah, I've I've got my issues with with, with Airbnb because I tried like um, signing up for it when I was like traveling. Yeah, and it was one of those things where it's like, uh, nope, nope, nope. Really? Minute they see, yeah, minute they see my name, minute they see my face or whatever, because you, I think you got to like verify your face and everything. Everyone was like, nope, 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 nope. It's yeah, they discriminate. They discriminate big time on Airbnb. So. Funhouse we're going to start with, and this show first came out in February 1989, and some of the things happening in the world. In Australia, Joan Kerner becomes Victoria's first female deputy premier after the resignation of Robert Fordham over the VEDC crisis, or Victorian Economic Development Cooperation. The last Soviet Union armoured column leaves Kabul, ending nine years of military occupation since 1979. Eurosport, a multiple language sports broadcasting station in Europe, begins broadcasting from Ici Les Molineux, Ile de France. Obviously, if I said it wrong, I apologize. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures was in the cinemas. And When I'm With You by Sheriff is number one in the charts. Funhouse. So, this was a British children's game show based on the American show of the same name. It was hosted by Pat Sharp and aided by twin cheerleaders Melanie Grant, who supported the red team, and Martina Grant, who supported the yellow team. The announcer was Gary King, and the theme tune was composed by David Pringle and Bob Heatley. In the year 2000, it was actually revealed by the BBC's programme's TV's finest failures that a spin-off of Funhouse featuring adult contestants was also planned. A pilot was produced which included Carol Smiley as a contestant, but it was ultimately never broadcast, and a full series was not commissioned. Surprise, surprise. Each episode featured two teams consisting of a boy and a girl representing schools from around the UK, and there were three rounds in each episode. The opening games, each worth 25 points, were referred to as messy games and typically used gunge as opposed to food. One game would be for the boys, another game for the two girls, and the third game for all four players. Though the order would vary from episode to episode. In the later series, occasionally all games would be played by all four players. From series one to seven, the contestants were usually barefoot when playing some of the messy games. This was discontinued from series eight until the show's end. One of the three games would be a key game in which the losing team would get the same points at their score in that game. As in the original American version, a question would follow each game to the value of 25 points if answered correctly. The Grand Prix. Now, this was run in red and yellow colored go-karts and lasted for two or three laps. Teams race around the track, picking up tokens to add to their score, alternating drivers with each lap. The first lap was for 10 tokens for 10 points. The second for 25 tokens for 25 points, plus 25 points for winning the race. Tokens that ended up on the floor were null and void. The tokens were later dropped into appropriately colored boxes and added to the team's current score. And in the UK version of the show, to win the power prize, they not only had to grab the tag, they also had to answer one question correctly within 10 seconds. Also, the only prizes in the funhouse were non-monetary because of a law in Europe stating that children cannot win money on game shows. I didn't know that rule was the thing. I didn't know that was a thing either. But I guess it does make sense. It's definitely not a rule to have crap prizes, though. And <laughs> you know, they've got that, they've got that treat. What are you talking about? The prizes were fine. 
There was nothing wrong with the prize. I'm sorry. I would love a pencil case, a fun house pencil case, and a bomber jacket. Come on. <laughs> That's true. I yeah. want that. Give it to me. And, right a bum, now. and a bum bag and a watch. And the fun house itself was completely different from the US version. In that version, the fun house itself was actually designed like a house, whereas the UK version, it was designed like a fun house ride that is often found at fairgrounds. When Gary King announced the series available, there was originally video footage of the prize location shown with an inset for a photograph of the prize. From 98, a diagram of the funhouse was shown with the prize location illuminated and the inset still shown when the prize was announced. Thought I'd give some flowers to Pat Sharp. So obviously he's a, an English radio TV presenter and DJ. In the UK, he is known mainly for his work on the children's ITV program Funhouse. And it's my life. And he's... And his extensive radio career. I'll get to the mullet in a minute. In mainland Europe, he was better known in the 1980s as one of Sky Channel's VJs and for presenting Coca-Cola Eurochart Top 50 and Nescafe's UK Top 50. In the 1980s, Sharp teamed up with Mick Brown as the duo Pat and Mick to release the charity singles Let's All Chant and I Haven't Stopped Dancing Yet. Both songs made the top 20 of the UK singles charts the duo released five hit singles, making the top 75, raising more than a million pounds for charity. Wow, top man. And in 1987, he was voted as having the worst haircut, winning this accolade more than once at the Smash Hit Poll Winners Party Awards, where he was also in the top three DJs. And he was awarded the Sony Award in 1992 for Best DJ. Sharp intermittently presented episodes of the music program Top of the Pops, including being one of the many presenters on the last program. In 1987, he presented ITV show The Roxy, and in 1990, he presented the daily chart show The Power Chart on BSB satellite music television channel The Power Station. So, fun house. Whole lot of fun. Prizes to be won. Do you know what this show was like? I remember this quite well. And looking at the dates that they were broadcast, I was like, they must have had reruns and kind of kept it going, right? I mean... It went on for ages, though. So you probably would have watched the fresh version in the 90s. Yes, I have one issue with this show, right? Actually, two. Because they they gave away Calculator Ruler in the one... That's dope! Yeah, I know, but I mean... dope! What you got against a Calculator and a Ruler? Come on! I was like, come on, man. Um, what do you want them to win? What could they have had in, in I don't know, 93? Games console wasn't really a thing. A clock calculator a TV, and a watch, yeah. What, 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 a TV were all small back then. Yeah, that's true. But the thing is, right, I say, my, that's not my issue. My main issue is only one team gets to go in the funhouse. And and it's not yeah, like they won though. Yeah, I know, but it's not like revolver and a funhouse. It's like the other the mini games are like a little bit rubbish compared to running around a funhouse. That's what well, I thought. I, well, well, as I mentioned, yeah, they um, the American version it was built like a house, whereas the UK version was like something you would find in the fairground. It, it, yeah, it was a really fun show, though. I thought uh, I did, to be honest. I think Pat Sharp really did a lot for the show. I don't, I mean, hopefully, I, I honestly don't think it was he. What was wrong with Pat Sharp? Nothing, nothing at all. But it could have been anybody else. I don't think it like the, the show didn't no. rely on Pat Sharp. Honestly, that's what I thought. Um, 
If we interview him next week, I'll be like the first guy to say you were the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's that's kind of like you know, that's how I th- Pat Sharp has a book out, and the person who kind of helped with it, or at least did a big work of it, like I yeah, we are we follow each other on Twitter, so uh, I do potentially have an in with Pat Sharp. Well, well yeah, well, so, uh, he was the best thing about the show. So I tell you, who didn't, who we didn't need was the two twins. If anything, if I would go and get rid of someone, it would be the two twins. And of course, you know what? I ain't got nothing against you guys, Melanie and Martina. I think their names were. Did I get their names right? God, let me check my notes. Yeah, Melanie and Martina. Yeah, look, like. Y'all were great. Y'all were enthusiastic, but it, I think Pat Sharp could have done it on his own. Yeah, yeah, completely. It didn't add anything to the TV show for me. <laughs> I saw one girl proper stack it, and then uh, not you know one of the contestants, and it's like it kind of like glaze over that. And I think she might have hurt herself there, but you know, health and safety wasn't is what I it is think now. It was, I don't think it was as prominent as it was, but no, I like okay. So again, this is this week is all about. Again, emphasizing how the world was such a different place back then. It, it's, it's a completely different universe in terms of how people are, in terms of how the kids were, in terms of how the presenters were. Now, I watched the first episode of Fun House, and obviously we'll talk about it when we talk about episodes, but like the awkwardness, it was very new. Like, I don't think Pat Sharp had necessarily done something like this before. They were all trying to like figure it out and it was a lot of teething problems and yeah it, it, it's just the way that how you know you talk to people and the things happening i mean in in 2021 standards i cancelled pat sharp like at least four or five times when i was watching fun house so it's like you can't be saying some of this stuff on this on shows today like the world was different this is the way they were with the kids it was all very odd and awkward and weird. And if I got like fired for every time I'd say something remotely daft, I'd have been fired hundreds of times no, over. But this right? wasn't like remote. This was like you know, this isn't like silly daft things. Like for example, there was a bit where there's like, oh, oh look, here I here I've got a dumbbell, and then I've got a dumb blonde, and he's pointing at one of the twins. It's like you can't say that, man. Like, I was, I was watching thinking, bro, come on. You ain't got to do that. And it's like little other things as well. And it's just, yeah, it was all a bit, mm, mm, yeah, I, I don't know in, in 2021 if, if if this is going to fly. But uh, other than that, again, it was such a fun show to It watch. still was a fun show to watch, yeah. And I remember it so much as a kid. Every Friday's 4.30. It was fun house time. It was like Pat Sharp would say, this is the place to start your weekend. It's the thing that you'd look forward to the most. And this is and this is probably a flagship CITV show. Done a few of them. And I think this one is as, as much a flagship as any of the other ones that we have done. And it definitely deserves to put it up there. And, you know, Pat Sharp, big ups to Pat Sharp. He was there from the beginning right to the end. The twins as well. Obviously, we have our criticisms, but like in the main... Y'all did a great job with the show. And... Yeah, I completely agree. Like the show was great. I honestly, yeah. I, the show was really good. It was, it, and 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 with this week, it's not. I wasn't clock watching at all with any of the shows because it's very fast paced and it's very moving along. And it's 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 almost how I remember it as a kid. Like the theme song is so iconic. It, it is like 
burning into my like nostalgia and and, and things like that. So, uh, fun right, house, let's, let's, it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah, fun um, prizes to be won. It's a real crazy show where anything goes. Yeah, right. Let's let's talk about episodes we watched. I watched the pilot or the very first. Is that a series one episode one with Ryan in it? Yep. So yeah, Melanie Martina, Sher- is it Sherid- Sheridan and Ryan, Sheridan right. and Ryan from Leeds, and Tony and Graham from Bedfordshire. Right, so when, did you notice, right, when he's talking about Ryan's, oh, Ryan, you wanted to be like a this or that. Mm. And Ryan's like, what? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know who's producing a show. But yeah, that, like, that's not... researcher, researcher probably got fired <laughs> on that first episode. Yeah. You literally see him, it's like, you have got the paper you know or what? something These else. kids wanted to be like weird things, man. Like, Cheryl Dean wanted to be a royal nanny. Royal nanny. One of was it? Uh, who was it? Want to be a millionaire? Ryan wanted to be a work weightlifter. Graham wanted to be. No, a Ryan didn't. And that's collect a, coins. That's what he says. Oh, Ryan, did you want to be a weightlifter? And Ryan was like, uh, "If you want, I'm not sure I, if I, I put I, weightlifter." I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was very awkward because obviously that's the thing with kids. That's the thing with these damn kids. You mess up, or there is something that isn't right. They can't hide it. Yeah. The show will go off the rails, and your kids will keep it a buck. So they're, they're not going to say, "Oh well, ha, 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 let's 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 blag it." Kids will be like, "Huh? I, 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 how are you good today? Yes. Are you happy? Yes. Man, give me more." But yeah, that's 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 what the kids are. Don't like. don't they're... ask closed questions. Yeah. I, I, oh, and 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 Tony liked bros and wet wet wet. So the first game was called Phone Booth. And they had to dress up as a superhero, and the yellows win. They got twenty-five points. Then the reds get a question right. I hated that rule so much. I hate no, no, no. That rule sucked. They didn't do nothing to win, and they just answer a question right, and they and they level on points straight away, straight up. Like it's like, well, why nope. did I, why did I bother doing that then? Um, then the next game was filled dungarees with um apples, and this is when uh the girl wanted to be a nanny stacked it, and the reds get two, the yellows get three, so the reds get two, and then the reds get two more points for popping the balloons, which is very important later. So the reds are the yellows are on fifty, and the reds are on twenty seven. And then the Reds get another question right, which gives them a lead by two points. Then Ancient Egypt game where they got to wrap them up like a mummy and the Reds win again. And then the Yellows get a question wrong, which gives the Reds 25 oh, more points. Oh, oh, you know what the question was? Who parted the Red Sea? And then my man says Christopher Columbus. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. So, um, yeah, then they did the, uh, the go-karts and they had to collect tokens. And... They were very smooth. I'm sorry. How are you that damn good on the on the Grand Prix and go-karts? I remember when I did go-karting for the first time, I was awful. It was like, I think, 15 of us, like mates or whatever, we all went go-karting. I mean, I didn't necessarily disgrace myself and finish last. I was like very much in the middle of the pack. But initially, I sucked, man. One of my friends was, we went go-karting all together, all big group of us. And I'm ultra competitive and I like ride, driving fast. And anyway... He was driving. He was hitting one one side, and then he'd drift over, and hit the other side, and then he'd drift over and hit the other side again. I remember right at the start of the race. So I qualified something like I remember coming around a corner one time, and I'm not joking. There was, do you know, like they have like tires and stuff like that. There's tires and cars everywhere. (laughs) He had an almighty Jonah, and just ended up facing like the wrong way. Tires everywhere, like. Yeah, but it's fun. But but yeah, when I did it, I I you know I, I didn't necessarily disgrace myself. I didn't finish last or didn't finish at all. I think one of my mates didn't finish at all. But it was one of those where I didn't disgrace myself. I thought, you know what? Okay, 
eighth. I'll take eighth. Uh, so anyway, so this is where the so the 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 total is yellow on two hundred five and red is on two hundred seven, which is the two points they got earlier from those two game two points they lost the game with. So the yellows got a clock calculator and and a watch as a runners up prize, and then the reds get to do the fun house right, and they get loads of prizes like a briefcase, a camera, a tennis racket, cricket, bats, and music center. Music center was like, and I was just thinking, I'm sure we. Spoken about this before, but this this is the music center, the hi-fi system, the whatever. To be it was. honest, I could do with that right now. Yeah, it's good. But what I'm saying I would is, take that right today in 2020. I would have that music center in my house. Yeah, but they're they're, they're useless though, right? How? Because what one you got to have your tapes, your CDs, and stuff. yeah, I'll, but I will get tapes and CDs. But you, I'm like that. But you can I'll have get... you can have your little speaker now that can play thousands of more songs with half the effort. I mean, fair enough. It's not going to be as loud. It's not going to wind your neighbors up like you know, like those no. would. No, I, I'm old school like that. Give me an old music center with the, the big, like, subwoofers or whatever they're called. And, like, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so that's when I, I put the, the uh, also, they also got a power prize. They got a trip around Europe, which, you know, back in the day when flying was, like, you only did flying if you were rich and all that sort of stuff. So that's a good prize. But, yeah, so a bit annoying that only one of them gets to do the fun house. I thought that was a bit, you know, if you were the team that didn't get to go, that'd be so disappointing. Win then. No, I know, but if you've made the trip, you, you know you ain't going to make that trip twice. I mean, yeah, don't say Columbus. Yeah, I mean, that's, win. That's yeah, win. 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 That, you know, I don't feel sorry, right? That's what it is. You got, there's got to be winners and losers, right? You, one team won, the yellow team won, I mean, yellow team lost, and the red team won. That's life. It is, but I mean, I just feel bad for them. That's the way it goes, cabron. Y'all should have y'all should have done better and won the race. True, true that, yo. Um, yeah. So that was my episode of uh, Funhouse. And is is so I watched one episode from 1994. So this is when I probably remember watching it the most. So the other teams you had Jennifer and Gavin from Lancashire, and the Reds was Ismay and Kevin from the Midlands. Jennifer likes guides and dancing, and they make her do a little dance which was so cringe and embarrassing. Like, why are you making her do that? And instead of giving her good music to dance to, they make her dance to the Funhouse theme tune. It's like, there's no, like, you can't really time it, like, anything. Because obviously it's like, Funhouse, it's a whole lot. Of... I mean, I'm done to it now, but it's like, that's pretty good. Don't necessarily, necessarily do that. Yeah, but whatever. And Gavin is called Stamp, Stamps, and he likes boxing. Esme or Izzy, she likes drama and chocolate. Kevin, he's known as Fatty, but he wasn't necessarily fat. So, yeah, that was yeah, that. was that. The first game was they had to make lasagna. So they have to slide through gunge and then they have to, like, put it on top of, like, the layers or whatever. Uh, who won? Yellow teams won, but the Reds got the question. So, again, they're tied and it's not fair. Then the next one was they have to pop balloons using their butts, wearing a bodysuit. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that game's all about. Red teams win that one. And the yellows get the question right. The next game is climbing and sliding down Gunge and collecting rings. It was tied. But the yellows get the question right and they take the lead. Then it was the Grand Prix. And the boys get first because, uh, yeah, they're like, oh, who wants to go first? They're like, oh, boys go first because the boys are best. Again, I don't think you can necessarily say that in 2021. You don't get cancelled for a month at least for saying something like that. And the yellow team wins the race. It was a, a whopping. The yellow team, they won 240 and the Reds get 219. Yellow team win. They go into the fun house and win all the prizes and they get the power prize. 
And then the last episode I watched was from 1997. The yellow team was Nicola and Stephen from Slough. And the red team was Jennifer and Chris from Manchester. First game was that they had to dress up as penguins and slide down to fish for fish. It was a tie game. Reds get the question right, so they go into the lead. Nicola, a.k.a. Knickerbocker Glory, which I think that was her nickname. That's an ice cream, isn't it? Knickerbocker Glory. I'm sure it's an ice cream. I think so, yeah, something like that. She wants to be a beautician. And she's like, oh, I could definitely do a lot with Pat's face. (laughs) That's good banter, actually. That was actually pretty good banter. I thought, yeah, got him. Um, next game, they have to. The girls have to dress up as Elvis, and the boys have to wear Hawaii skirts. They have to collect, and they have they have to collect some like thing or whatever, and they have to put it over the boys or rings or whatever. The yellows win the game, but the reds get the question right. The next game was the weightlifting game, and that's what I was talking about: dumbbell, dumb blonde. Then they have to get tags and stick it on board. Yellow team wins, and the red team get the question right. And apparently the red team were big Manchester United fans. And then it's the Funhouse Grand Prix. Yellow team wins and they go to the last game. And the yellow team wins all of the prizes. Good stuff. Good stuff. What a show this was. Great little show. Nice to revisit it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to reboot it when they've uh, run out of other ideas. I know they did one with Finders Keepers. But it's like, if you ain't got Neil Buchanan, then what's the point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got some idiot presenter doing it. It's like, forget about it. Huh? Forget about it. If it's not Neil Buchanan, then we are messing about, wasting people's times for. Hello and welcome to Finders Keepers. Whose house? Your house. It's like, yeah, it don't really work, mate. But uh, no, but no, Fun House was a, a super show. One from my childhood that I remember so, so well. So iconic. And uh, from one iconic show to another, Finders Keepers. And this show came out in April 1992 or 1991. And some of the things happening in the world. The UN Security Council passes Resolution 687, which calls for the destruction or removal of all of Iraq's chemical and biological weapons and a complete ban on ballistic missiles with a range greater than 150 kilometers. It also calls for an end to Iraq's support for international terrorism, and it is accepted by Iraq three days later. In the Netherlands, thieves steal 20 paintings worth 500 million from the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. They are found in an abandoned car near the museum less than an hour later. The European Economic Community lifts economic sanctions on South Africa. Beethoven was in the cinemas. And Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton was number one in the charts. Finest Keepers. So this was a British children's game show, again, based on the American format of the same name, hosted by Neil Buchanan. Two teams of two, called the Green Meanies and the Yellow Terrors, are given the opportunity to raid the room across eight rooms and two rounds to find hidden objects found by clues read out by the host prior to raiding. Each room raid lasted 30 seconds, and if the object was found, it won the team 25 points in the first round, 50 points in the second. If a team did not find their object, the points went to the other team. Each raid was hectic because of because the rooms had streamers, confetti, and silly string raining from the ceilings as the raids went on. In the early series of the original run, the teams had to firstly win rooms to raid at the garage door. They go off and then raid them as above. The process was repeated for the second round. 
In later series, both teams had two rooms to raid from the off. The later four rooms were one at the garage door. The final series of the original run in 1996 saw format changes. The teams now had to find items in the garage to get a head start in room searching. They were now searching for the same item on both floors of the house. The 2006 revival returned to the format of the original without the find objects in a garage round and changed the final round time limit back to three minutes. In all versions, the team with the most points won the right to go for the super search, a race to find eight hidden objects in three, later four minutes. The more objects found, the better the final prize. The final series of the original run had a prize awarded for successfully searching in each room and a grand prize in the final room, closer to the original American format. The rooms were mom and dad's bedroom, the bathroom, landing, kids' bedroom, the fantasy room and the attic, mystery room, storeroom, utility room, garden room, kitchen, hallway, living room and study. And in the third to fifth seasons of the Buchanan series, some rooms, usually the fantasy room, had Jeremy's Joker on them. If the team found the object, they would win a holiday. This was named after Jeremy Stockwell, the invoice announcer and writer of the early Finest Keepers series. In the first two seasons, one of the rooms was the surprise prize room, usually signaled by a fanfare playing as the room was entered. Both Jeremy's Joker and the surprise prize were identical to the instant prize room on the American version. But unlike the American version, this room could show up in any round and the opposing team would win the prize if the team searching for the prize room failed to find the object. In several episodes, there were celebrity guests, usually to be found in the fantasy room, in the Sleeping Beauty themed room. Frank Bruno was sleeping behind a curtain and the contestants had to find a clue without waking Frank. In the last episode of series three, neighbors twins, Gail and Gillian Blakeney appeared from the giant teapot in the Mad Hatter's party themed room. More celebrity guests would appear in series four to aid the contestants. The first episode of series four featured Olympic swimmer, Adrian Morehouse, the underwater themed room. Gladiators Panther appeared in a jungle themed room and Grange Hill's Anna Quayle appeared in a school themed room. And even more celebrity guests were helping, including Michael Ahern, a.k.a. Warrior from Gladiators. The celebrity guests would also make cameo appearances in the Super Search, performing mundane tasks throughout the task house as a visual gag while the contestants passed through the rooms. And in the final original series, Buchanan was joined by Gladiator star Diane, Diane Udale as co-host. I don't know why I said Diane. Diane Udale. And she was Jet. Oh, no way. Yes, Jet was hosting Finest Keepers at the end. Nice. I think it was kind of like a compensation because she had to retire. Oh, really? Because she, uh, she, yeah, she did her neck in one of the Gladiator games. She oh, I remember this. Yeah, I think... Um... She did the pyramid. You know, there was like a pyramid where you have to climb yeah, up the Yeah, yeah, black and white things. Yeah, yeah, you got to climb that. And then I think, obviously, you got to grab them and you got to, like, throw them off. I think when she probably did that, she probably landed really awkwardly on the back of her head. But uh, yeah, finest keepers. I don't think I remember this show. How? I don't. I'm not sure if I actually watched it or not. But you're the CITV dude here. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, I mean, this this show was like this show got it right. Like you said, it had like Neil Buchanan in it. 
it was it was brilliant. Again, this was a show that I remember so so much growing up as a kid. I watched this religiously as a kid. I mean, I can imagine because I only watched one episode. I can imagine maybe it got a bit repetitive. I guess you could say that about any game show, though. Yeah, but I I, I think yeah, I like this one. I like that the kids got like equal go of everything. I like watched this growing up. This was like when CITV was at its pomp. Between like I'd say ninety three to about ninety six, the golden ages of CITV, and this was like again, finest keepers. Neil Buchanan, Neil Buchanan couldn't miss in the nineties. Anything he did was 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 great. It was gold. He had good like patter with the kids. It was, it was. I mean, of course, it's awkward because it's kids and it's the nineties, so people were just weirdos anyway. Odd, yeah. People just yeah, like. <laughs> It's so interesting doing these shows. It's like, people were weird, man. But don't forget, we're those weirdos now. We are no, those weirdos. If, if I look back on this, like, whatever, in 30 years' time, I'm not going to look... I, I don't know, society will probably do another 180 flip and then you won't be able to say certain things. But again, it's like watching this. And obviously, we, we grew up in that era as well. So we were fully part of the weirdness as well. So... If I'm saying those people are weird, then we were weird too because we were... We were those weird part, kids. Yeah, we're, we're just were watching ourselves now. Yeah. Back, like, I know, would watch it. 20 think, odd years later. <laughs> this is so great. And you're watching the, the awkward conversations and like, oh, hey, kid, do a little dance. And I'll probably be watching it as a kid going, ha, it's so cool. He's doing a little dance. I'm watching it now. It's like... And your parents are looking at you like, oh, what are my I'm kids watching? Stop dancing, fool. <laughs> or at least, at least give me something better to dance to than the Funhouse theme song. Damn, but uh, yeah, it, that, that, that's what it was like as a kid. But no, but I said Neil Buchanan was fantastic. The show was fantastic. I did watch an episode with Jet in it, and you know what? Poor, poor, poor thing. Because obviously, Gladiators was her like her paycheck, right? Obviously, guy, we'll talk about Gladiators in a little bit. But obviously, Gladiators was the the show of the nineties. The show, the show on Saturday night was Gladiators. Obviously, she missed out on a on a on a on a wage. So I think it was ITV going, look, as a consolation, we're gonna give you something. We'll help you land on your feet, so to speak. And you're like, fine. That's a poor choice Why of words. You, uh, there. What, <laughs> land on your no pun intended, man. Come on, eh? you know what I mean. All right, you know what I mean. I'm talking about cancelling Pat Sharp. I think I think we might get cancelled <laughs> with some of the the thing we didn't we didn't said on this episode. But no, it's like one of those things where look, we're gonna help you get back, we're gonna help you at least be on TV, at least be relevant, at least have your face on, on the box. Because obviously, yeah, Saturday night. And 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 you know, Jet was one of the most iconic gladiators. She was the one like I remember Jet the most. Like, you know, all the boys had a crush on Jet. That's 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 just the way it was back in, in the 90s. This is the way it was. But And then it was like, okay, we're going to let you do Art Attack. Not Art Attack. Bloody, that's another new Buchanan show. We'll let you do um, Finest Keepers. But I, but you know what? She was in the way, man. Because obviously the house is quite small and obviously new Buchanan's like running around everywhere. And then obviously you've got like Jet trying to do the whole running around. But obviously they did the upstairs, downstairs deals where one person's upstairs, one person's downstairs. Yeah. 
Right, let's talk about episodes. The first episode I watched was from the first year, so... Uh... Well, I mean, I watched Series 3, Episode 1 was the first one that I could find. Okay, so I'll, I'll do my one first, because it was the very... F- well, not the very first one, but at least it was in the first... Um... Yeah, I made a note that the ITU presenter messed up his link to uh, Finest Keepers, which I don't really know how he did, because he's like, oh, and coming up... <laughs> I messed up my link, and whatever. Finest Keepers, and there's like an awkward silence where it's like... Hurry up and put the show on, idiot, on the control panel, whatever. And then, yeah, Finest Keepers. It was the the yellows was Helen and Christian from Gravesend. And the greens was Claire and Robert from Leeds. Awkward small talk with kids. And then, obviously, yeah, the first game was always you have to uh, pick numbers with the right. So you have to do, like, a matching game. So you have to, like, kind of match up with uh, answers with the numbers or whatever. So it ends up with yellows having three keys, the greens having one. And so the yellows have to raid the parents' room for the clue. So they have to look for, so they get given a clue. So the clue was, this thing has 21 spots and six faces. What are they looking for? Six faces? A dice? Yes, absolutely. You got it right, yeah. Or a die. But actually dice, they have to look for both of them. And they didn't know what they were looking for, so they're just like rummaging the room. Then the yellows had to go to the fantasy room, and it was and it was a belly dancing theme. So again, they're like to the kids, do a belly dance. It's just like for whoa. a kids show as well. No, no belly dance. And you know, what? I think the kids didn't do it. I was like, good for you, man. Belly dance. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And then they find the camel in the room, so they're basically looking for the ship of the desert. The greens find the living room. But they couldn't find the big gimmick match that they were looking for because apparently yes, it, it lights up for fire and then it goes away. Yellows find the beans in the kitchen and they win a Walkman. Then they have to win more keys. Yellows and greens win two each. Greens are in the bathroom and they get the goggles because I wrote that Neil helped them. Because obviously Neil's like, oh, could it be in here? Could it be in here? And oh, the kids aren't paying a blind bit notice. And, and, and they're just like rummaging the room. And it's like, I'm thinking organized chaos kids you guys got to do this properly but then obviously yeah, neil's like oh maybe look under here and then one of the kids like clocked on what's happening and they find the uh the goggles the yellows are in the bedroom they find the piggy bank and then they go to the storeroom and apparently like they were looking for a ping pong bat but obviously they're like rummaging and they just drop it on the floor and they don't even realize so many kids did that the one i'm watching <laughs> they just drop it on the floor and then um greens are in the living room they couldn't find the gloves. The yellows win and they make it to the super search. They raid rooms and they win prizes. I'm not really sure how you win because you have to like raid all of the rooms and do it in time. But they've managed to raid a few and they managed to win a couple. I watched an episode from 1993, but it might be different to yours. Um, I was the first one. So uh, this one had Maria and Gary and the yellow team and Marie. Yep, okay, I watched this one too. Marie, which was a guy's name. I've never heard Marie. I as think, a guy's I think name. she was a girl. I just think she had really short hair. No. It's a girl. Really? 100% it's a girl. 100%. 100% it's a girl. It's Marie and John from Manchester. Oh, of course. Yeah, it'd have been a girl. But Rhea I'm... bullies her brothers and she got no cheers. I love that. She's like, I'm Rhea and I bully all my brothers because they're horrible. And nobody cheered. And Gavin plays the spoons with... He's playing the spoons. These these children were odd. I'm sorry. All of them were odd. Finally keep, right? This is where like they were like fighting each other. They're like... What oh do you think it is? God. Six, Six, seven, eight, 
So, and he's like, well, you got to pick one. And then they just say the same thing again. And, he's and, like, she, and you know what? He, the boy had the right one. And she, she, she overruled him. I'm thinking they're not even, forget the same page. They're not even reading the same book. Then they did like, so they got 50 each, I think, 50 points each. The greens couldn't find the skates that they were supposed to find. It gets more detailed later. So then the yellows have to go in the kitchen and they couldn't find their item. But I didn't write down what it was for some Bunch reason. Bunch of roses. Bunch of roses, that's the one. That's because Marie knocked it on the floor. Didn't notice. Uh, and he picked it up. He was like, you look, you had it. You had it. Um, so the yellows um, have to go to mum and dad's room and they have to find a walking stick and they find it. They get 25 more points. So they're, they're, they're balling. Uh, the greens go to the living room. They're looking for the photo and the greens, they find it. So they've got, it's like 100 each points. Then they've got double points one and then uh, Jeremy, they get Jeremy's joker here. The yellow, the yellows are on 150 and the green are on 250. They do the room raid. And they do the fantasy room. The, so the greens do the fantasy room, looking for a star. And then they get to win, uh, win a trip to um, what, what, Drayton Manor, if they find it. So they get 50 points. And then they have to go to another room, find a paperclip. They find that too. Then they get 50 more points. Then the other team go to the bathroom, looking for soap. And they find it. So they get 50 points. The greens, store, the greens go to the storeroom, looking for an umbrella. But they didn't find it. So the greens are on yellow. Sorry, greens are on 350, the yellows are on 250. The greens win, so they get to do the super search. So the yellows get a goodie bag, which was like what you were talking about earlier, which is quite cool. And then the bedroom they get... So this is right, I got robbed on this episode. Brutally robbed. So the yellows get a goodie bag, and then they go to the bedroom. The greens go to the bedroom, get a hairdryer, they go to the fantasy room, get the moon boots. They go to the bathroom, get the flippers. They go to the kid room, get the football. And then it finishes. The episode just finishes. Oh, yeah, no, because the link, yeah, this person didn't finish recording it. Obviously, shout out to the person who put them all up because he didn't put up so much, but I think the first episode kind of flopped it. Neil Buchanan and Jet. So, yeah, this was Gemma and Richard from Bradford and Anna and Lewis from Cardiff. So this is, yeah, a completely different format, which I didn't like, by the way. I didn't like this new format. Auntie, why they had to switch it up the way they did. So they have to raid the garage and find a green rubber ring. The yellows find the ring. And Lewis actually got, because he was like full of like bubbles or whatever. And he managed to like put someone like Jet, like just like grab the big thing, just like put it all over her face or whatever. I was like, what do you think this is? Like, stupid boy. What's the matter with you? Looking for a beach ball. And it's found by the green team, again, with a lot of help. They have to bring back four different tools and they have to pick from Gunge. Greens finish first. Then you've got raid rooms and the first one to finish wins. So obviously the, the raiding of the room, so it's like a kind of thing where they're all upstairs and they have to like do like um, clues or whatever and then they're like raiding the rooms for each object. The greens get come on top. Then the greens win the raid and they make it to the final round and they won a bunch of prizes. And that's all I got to say about that. Great show. I, I really, really enjoyed it. So are we rating these ones or are we doing yes, all we got to pick. we got to pick between Finest Keepers and Funhouse. Right. So look, purely because only one team gets to go in the Funhouse, I'm picking Finest Keepers to go first. That's ridiculous. That's and then Funhouse is second. <laughs> but That's also, the ridiculous reason I've ever heard. I liked, I liked them both. So what do you want? All of them to take part? Yay! Let's all go in the fun house. Yay! Everybody wins. Yay! Is that what no, you I just want? Mean, oh, no, I just mean, like, why have, like, such a massive feature that... It's the spirit of competition. You don't go there to finish... run. If you finish runner-up, that's on you. 
You lose. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a taking part competition. And I say this even when I won a uh, taking part certificate in swimming in year five. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I love the taking part medals. I've I've got a shelf full of them from my school days. But damn, a lot of second place boxing medals. There you go. This is. We're not saying it's it's it's, it's wrong. But at the end of the day. You did not win. You came up short. Yeah, it's true. But I still, anyway, Finders Keepers has definitely got the win for me. Uh, if you say Finders Keepers now, after all that. No, I won't. I'm saying Funhouse all day long. Like, Funhouse is iconic. It is. I mean, Neil Buchanan as well. I think it's well. CITV Matt Extra Rush. points for Neil Buchanan as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Neil Buchanan is the one. Like I said, he did not miss in the 90s, whether it was Art Attack, whether it was being the arty farty on um zap dude did not miss whatever he did like neil buchanan is the one he deserves his flowers and then some but yeah fun house and he's banksy so there's that he's not banksy i think we all <laughs> know he's not banksy but wasn't say fun house is like citv mount rushmore for me i don't know what the other three shows are but we'll um, i'll tell you what one is one spooks day. is one we have to cover i'm saying it right now spooks of bottle bay Sure, sure. I'll take your word for that show. I mean, that was around the golden era. So you're, so you're putting, you're, so you're putting that show on your Mount Rushmore. Yeah, because I, I, Spooks is one of the shows that head of the likes of Bernard's Watch, Zap. Spooks is one of the shows that I remember when I was a kid, and it literally gives me the warm feeling in my heart when I think of the theme tune. We all, we all, we all get to that. All right, don't worry, don't worry. We're we'll gonna get to that. And now the main event, and uh, we got a hell of a main event for you today. The Gladiators. Auga! That's the most irritating thing in the world. I don't know why I keep saying it, but uh, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yes, and it first came out in the UK in October 1992 for some of the things happening in the world. Turner Broadcasting System launches Cartoon Network, the first all animation TV channel. Lennart Merry becomes the first president of Estonia after regaining independence. The Estonian government in exile resigns on the next day. 150,000 coal miners march in London to protest government plans to close coal mines and reduce the number of coal miners. Under Siege was in the cinemas. And A Million Love Songs by Take That was in the charts. Yeah, so Gladiators now. So this was a British TV sports entertainment game show, which was an adaptation of the American program and its format, which was called American Gladiators. The program's format sees four contestants, two male and two female, compete in a series of physical events against the, against the show's Gladiators, eventually competing in one final event, with contestants aiming to secure a place in the grand final and be crowned champion for their respective series. There were no prizes awarded to the winner in any episode until the final. The show was presented by Ulrika Johnson throughout the original run alongside John Fashionu and then Jeremy Guskett in 97, with John Sachs providing commentary on each event and John Anderson was the referee in all of the contests. Contenders! Ready! 3, 2, 1! I, I didn't get to meet him, but I saw him. One, I filmed him once. Why? Um, Where did you film him? 
He was at the Lee Valley Sports Center. Oh, this is my first ever job as like, you know, do you know one of those jobs you get throwing a bone when you're at college? He was there and I was in the room with him. That was my, yeah. I saw him well, quite close up. Um, yeah, a group, of G- a group of cheerleaders also accompanied the show, known as the G-Force. And the success of British series spawned further adaptations in Australia and other countries, with a children's version for the UK entitled Gladiators Train to Win, was also created and broadcast on CITV. The series involves, yeah, contestants battling against a gladiator. And each event, the contestants will score a number of points, usually 10 for a win. Typically, both male and female contenders would compete in the same events. However, during Series 6, the format was removed and female contenders would play easier games while the male contenders would play more difficult games. I don't think the wording is necessarily right for that. They're, they're, all, they're all just as difficult as each other. So, yeah, that's not my notes. It ain't my notes. Once all five or six games are played, the number of points is totaled and the contestants with the highest number of points gets a head start in the Eliminator Assault Course with every point ahead of their competitor worth half a second. The winner of the Eliminator then goes on to the next round. And despite being made by London Weekend Television, or LWT, all episodes of Gladiators, International Gladiators, and the second series of The Ashes, and the first series of the Springbok Challenge were recorded at the National Indoor Arena in Birmingham. I've actually yes. been there. Is that the, it's not the NEC, is it? It's not the same thing as the NEC. I thought it was the NEC. I watched the Gadget Show once there, and it was amazing. I like the Indoor Arena in Birmingham, yeah. And John Anderson, he was, yeah, the, he was the head official. And before every event, he would call, Contender, ready! Gladiators, ready! Similar to his American counterpart, Larry Thompson. But obviously, he added countdown, 3-2-1, before starting the game. During celebrity specials, Anderson took a more lighthearted attitude to the show, such as adapting his call to Little Contender Ready when Willie Carson took part. And John had uh, an assistant on the show known as the official timekeeper. The role was predominantly filed by Andrew Norgate. After Series 1, which had six events always in the same order, Atlasphere, The Wall, Danger Zone, Swingshot, Hang Tough, and Duel, the lineup changed from series to series, with new events being added every year and randomized. However, two events never made it onto the televised show, which was Breakthrough and Conquer and Cyclotron. Over the years, some were dropped due to safety reasons. So Tilt, Joust, Polax, and Pyramid, although the latter two returned with safety modifications and one just disappeared without any explanation, despite being both popular with viewers and not known to have caused any injuries. And that was Pursuit. And interestingly enough, both Cobra and Lightning Again, we were very iconic gladiators. They were never originally intended to be gladiators. Instead, they trained and entered as contestants. And it wasn't until hours before the first recording that it was decided two more gladiators would be required for the series. This is the reason neither appear on the cover of the music CD that was released to accompany the series. They were both upgraded to full-time participants in show three. Both remained until the very end. Saracen, there's only one Saracen. I used to always do that as a kid. That's like the whole, yeah, that's the thing. He originally auditioned to be a contestant. And after stunning producers in training, he was offered a role on the main gladiator team. Fox originally appeared as a contestant during the Wembley live shows of 93. She was handpicked to be a reserve gladiator for the sixth series. However, she ended up being a full-time participant after Gold injured herself during training. When the British series ended, 
Cox became a member of the South African Gladiators team, appearing in their domestic season. Applicants who wanted to take part in the show had to go through rigorous fitness tests before they were selected to take part. Footage of several of the tests were broadcast during behind-the-scenes segments during the first and second series. Notable competitors on the show included future British 400-meter hurdler Chris Rawlingson, World's International Rugby Union winner Glenn Webb, female wrestler Non Evans, and cage fighter Alex Reed during the seventh series. Most competitors achieved brief local fame for the Series 3 women's champion, Eunice Hutt-Hutt. She gained the greatest recognition. And I'll talk about her in a little bit. Series 5 winner, Mark Mottram, went on to become a professional stuntman and was Piers Brosnan's stunt double in the James Bond films. He appeared in Batman as Heath Ledger's double. And he was married to Debbie Carpenter Mottram, who was a cheerleader when he met her on Gladiators. Series 1 winner, Weininger Irwin, appeared on the BBC2 series Back in Time for Brixton in November 2016, in which a family experienced 50 years of black British history in one episode. He and his family watched his victory in the first series final. And during the third season in 1994, Panther suffered one of the worst injuries seen on the show when she fell from her platform during tilt and severely injured her back. She returned to the show later and remained on the show for a further two years before retiring. More interesting facts. After the third season in 1994, a newspaper uncovered evidence that Shadow, who was Jeffrey King, had taken steroids. King later confirmed the rumours were true and was sacked shortly afterwards. In 2021, he was jailed for six years for the kidnapping, beating and forced imprisonment of a person. Season 5 became known as the season of injury. Before filming started, Jet retired after being injured during a live show in Sheffield on Pyramid. This led to the event being dropped for the upcoming season 5. Amazon severely injured her knee during training and had to retire from the show. She did, however, appear on all publicity material for the season. Laser was brought in as a replacement and even used the same costume but with minor changes. Laser then made her debut in the fifth episode. Zodiac appearances were limited to only two, both on Danger Zone due to an injury on Polax during training. She retired permanently the following year. Nightshade made only sparse outings during the season due to a severe virus picked up the previous year in Australia during filming for the first Ashy series. She had to be helped off after a game of Skytrack by the training team and her final appearance came when beaten on her speciality event, Duel, the early defeat she suffered during domestic competition. And also during the fifth series in 1996, it was reported by the media that Hunter, who was James Crossley, and presenter Eureka Johnson were in a relationship. Although heavily denied at the time, Johnson later admitted it in her 2003 biography. Eunice Hutt-Hart. Ah, oh, she was just so iconic. I remember her so much as a kid. And then watching her again, it was great. So obviously, yeah, she's best known for winning Gladiators and then being invited to return to the show as a gladiator herself under the name Blaze. And she remains the only UK contender to ever become a gladiator. Following her triumph in the domestic series, she went on to the international series. And while running the gauntlet in the international series final, Hut Hut got into a spot of bother with the American gladiator Ice, who was the first gladiator she had to get past. And as Eunice ran towards her, 
Ice raised her ramrod and stuck and struck Eunice in the face. And then Eunice got to the end in just over 20 seconds, which earned her five points. However, Eunice lost her cool and went back after Ice, which earned her a telling off from the referee, John Anderson. <laughs> I love how you'd be like, I'm the referee. I call the shots. But, um, you know, good for Eunice, man. Stand up for yourself. And after doing International Gladiators, Eunice Hut Hut was invited back to the show to become a gladiator. And her time as a gladiator was brief. However, she wanted to represent her country in the Ashes series in Australia, where she lost to her opponent in the domestic series final, Karen Sempe in the final. However, Eunice Hut Hut returned to win the 1995 Battle of the Champions, beating Australia's Bernie Withers in an exciting eliminator, which was almost a repeat of the domestic series final against Karen Sempe. Hut Hut fell down the travelator and the first time she ran it up, allowing Bernie to pass her, but she slipped down it as well. And Hut Hut was able to reach the top and earn the victory. And afterwards, Eunice decided to retire from competing in Gladiators, realizing that she was at the top of her game and the time was right for her to bow out. She did, however, return to the show in a coaching capacity. The series was billed The Challenge, with contenders from the North facing contenders from the South. And Eunice Hut Hut's role was the Northern team coach, and her duties were to advise and support her contenders throughout the series. However, in the grand final, both her male and female contenders lost to their southern counterparts. And following international gladiators, Eunice Hut Hut worked on the James Bond film Goldeneye, where she acted as a stunt double for Femke Janssen, who, if you don't necessarily know her, she is the mum in Taken. And she has carved out successful career doing stunts in films such as The Fifth Element, Titanic, The Avengers, The Wolfman, and the Tomb Raider series. She frequently doubles for Angelina Jolie and is godmother to her daughter, Shiloh Jolie Pitt, most recently in Salt. And she has been a stunt coordinator for the film V for Vendetta and more recently in the 2010 film Alice in Wonderland and Pan. She is credited as a stunt coordinator on episodes of BBC's Paradox and on the Star Wars film The Rise of Skywalker. She went on to become other stunt double for other actors as well as Angelina Jolie, Mila Jovovich, and Uma Thurman. Uh, what a career, man. She had a hell of a run. Hell of a run. Sounds like she's like, still going, but yeah, I mean, that's like, what an interesting career. Like, she was the one. I would love to chat to Eunice, and I want to chat to Weininger Irwin as well. He's oh, another, yeah, yeah. He's another dude I definitely want to chat to. Like, he's the first winner of Gladiators. Yeah, he was in the one I watched, the grand final. Oh, so you watched his grand final. I watched the very first episode that he was in. But yeah, we'll uh, get to episode shortly. So, Gladiators. So, Gladiators was a staple of our household. Like I was the... about to say, if you... Because there are lots of shows for inexplicable reasons that you ain't watched. But I was like, if you ain't watched Gladiators, I'm going to have to come to the conclusion that you ain't have a TV in your house. The whole family watched this show. Like, you know, there wasn't there were no excuses. It was like, oh, sorry, I can't come to the most important thing of the, the year i've got to watch gladiators but i did hear something a bit disturbing about gladiators once and i, I was this i was watching an interview with one of the gladiators and this doesn't count for the american ones but the british gladiators as far as i'm aware didn't get paid what's it called like a repeat fee right so when they only got paid one one and done so you paid for that episode you don't get paid no more so anytime it got repeated or played or anything like that they didn't get any royalties from it but I doubt there was repeats back then. 
No, but they, they so there was a thing. I was watching the thing of so the, all the gladiators got royalties in America and this and that and the other, and they made an absolute mint out of it. But the the gladiators had to have like so they real, just had their salary. They had, they had, well, they had no. They said they, they got like five hundred pound for an episode, but they didn't get more than that. Yeah, but they didn't get anything else. So, but so that they literally made no money off it. It wasn't like they could be famous and take the money out of gladiators. But all the things that they would sell money from, like the the merchandise and the music and this and that, they not get money for merch. No money for merch. No royalties. No nothing. No. Yeah, I mean. I watched this on an interview with one of the gladiators that was doing an interview on one of these daytime TV shows. And that's what, what they said. No royalties. So the Americans did. The Americans got all of their royalties on their gladiators shows, but they didn't get anything. Whoa, that is, that is mad. I did not know that. I wonder how much they paid Eureka Johnson and John Fashionu. I mean, yeah, because obviously, like, yeah, Eureka Johnson, she's Swedish, which I... You wouldn't think the way she talks or whatever. I think she's one of them that like, you just lived in England forever and just kind of like... The name's a bit of a giveaway, her. though. What, Eureka Johnson? As a kid, I didn't think she was, like, foreign. Yeah. I didn't think she was foreign, like, growing up. Like, I just thought, oh, look, it's Eureka Johnson. I just thought she was from me because obviously she does, doesn't have an accent at all. And, yeah, like, obviously she was, she was good at her job. Very easy on the eye as well. Obviously she's known. I think she, she did the weather on GMTV. So she was kind of known for that as well, as well as gladiators. John Fashionu had a a career playing football because he used to play for Wimbledon in the eighties, and obviously that team had a reputation for being like the crazy gang. Yeah, the crazy gang. So he played with Vinnie Jones, Dennis Wise. So you could just they were just a motley crew of odd. whatever. Yeah, I can imagine like cause he because they replaced him with uh, Jeremy Guskett the rugby player. And obviously Jeremy Guskett, bless his heart, he didn't have the personality, the big personality that John Fashionu had. And so that was that was that and that was um an interesting um an interesting thing. But no, they 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 were the presenters or whatever and yeah, I, I guess they kind of meshed and they worked well together. Obviously Eureka Johnson is like a legend of British television. Yeah, I think like I, I mean, let's be honest. I don't think the presenters were the, the massive draw of this show, right? Presenters literally could have I mean that'd be funny, but it could have been anybody. Well, but I don't that's care. the thing, like obviously John Fashion had no experience. Give me they anyone just, But it, that's the thing, that's what they did, that like, they plucked him from nowhere and thought, do it with Eureka. Eureka obviously had a little bit of TV experience, but again, this is Saturday night, we gotta get someone hot to do it they probably thought yes blonde very good looking easy on the eye she's got a bit of experience and obviously i'm not i'm not put, i'm not saying this to like put eureka johnson down like she was a great tv presenter she's like a, a legend of british tv do you deserve your flowers i tip my hat off to you do you know what i mean like let's be honest legends as they were no one in that show not the gladiators not the music not the presenters not all the bells and whistles, not the hands, came close to um, John Anderson. So John Anderson was like, yeah, he was awesome. Like he was authoritative. Tell me, tell me, it's not the first thing you think of when it's. Do you gladiators. know what you need to reference? I think of the Wolfman when I think of gladiators, but uh, no, but it's, <laughs> but no, like John John Anderson is a is a is a you needed someone with an authority to 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 lay down the law. And tell, what better person than a Glaswegian? To tell so, people what's up. 
<laughs> I'm gonna listen like, to you. You know, I'm, I'm the referee. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm the referee. Whatever. But no, like with Gladiators again, Saturday nights, you you had at least 10, 15 million people watching this, easily, easily. You had you had all of that. You had the iconic theme song. You had the iconic Gladiators. So like the Wolfman was very iconic. You also had who else was really iconic? Jet was iconic. Hunter, Cobra. Saracen, there's only one Saracen. You know, put your ones up for Saracen. Phoenix, Hawk. No, I don't really remember them. Cobra, Hunter, Warrior, Rhino, who's black, Shadow. We all used to be terrified of him when we were kids. So much, yeah, Lightning, Ace, so many like iconic gladiators, and they were all as 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 iconic as 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 the day is long. Yeah, let's talk about episodes. I mean, I'll kick off because I watched the very, very first gladiators and so yeah they, they they did show like a clip of like the public being put through their paces and you've got like people being stretched out just stuck their bodies up like cord were just like <laughs> out of it i mate. can't run for any longer and 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 whatnot and yeah the very first ones were nicola bowden who was a dance teacher from pool and vivine rattigan who was a legal secretary from london and obviously yeah the uh, the men were weininger Irwin. Who is a video editor from Stoke Newington, aka Stokey? Jeremy Nelson, who was a professional yachtsman from Streatham. And yeah, they were the contestants. So the first game was Atlasphere, and Nicola wins because she gets like three points in the um, whatever. And in the men's one, Jeremy managed to get like six, and then Weininger got three. Then it was the wall. Woohoo, I like the wall. This was great. And the ladies managed to like get five points because they survived. They didn't make it to the top, but then obviously they didn't get knocked down. So you get points for that. Both men make it to the top. And then obviously you had like Wolfman, who's like still playing up to the crowd. And obviously they're all going, and obviously he's, you know, the... he was such a great like pantomime villain. I mean, he started strangling Lionel Blair in the one I was watching. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like the perfect like television villain of like the 1990s. Then the next game was Danger Zone. Nicola, yeah, so Danger Zone. Oh, so sorry. So Danger Zone was one where you like have to um, get, is the one where you like have, get the guns and you have to like shoot. At the oh, guns. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicola, oh, so incidentally in the wall, Nicola cheated. Because apparently what she did was she greased her legs. So that obviously when you grip the person and you like get them off the wall, that's how you lose. And then obviously when uh, one of the gladiators tried to like get her legs, I think they did like an interview like afterwards. And so she was like, you know, I couldn't like, I couldn't like grab onto her because obviously she's got grease on her legs. She's like untied her laces. So it was impossible to like, just get a hold of her and like yank her off the wall. So that's why I thought, yeah, Nicola was not the one, man. Nicola cheated. That's cheating, man. If you're greasing your legs, untying your shoes, that's cheating, bro. And... What's the next game? Um, Nicola gets picked off by Phoenix. Vivine gets a direct hit and wins the game. Weininger and Jeremy, they both make it back without getting hit. Swingshot is the next game. And Nicola gets six points. Vivine gets three. Weininger gets six points. And Jeremy gets zero. Hang Tough. This was another classic gladiator. This was like classic gladiator. Obviously, yeah. Ten points, you make to the other side. Five points if you make it to the scoring zone and you hang tough. Nicola hangs tough and Vivian hang tough. Saracen gets to Weininger and Jeremy. And then obviously when they fall on the floor, doom, doom, doom. 
another one bites the dust. Doom, doom. It's the humiliation in humiliation in defeat as well. Another one bites the dust. Hey, and another one. Then it's Jewel. Was the next game. Ten points if you knock off the gladiator. Five points if you survive. Both Nicola and Vivine get survived, and Weininger manages to survive, but Jeremy gets knocked down. Obviously, they're playing war. <sighs> yeah. What is it good for? Absolutely. And then, obviously, Eliminator was the last game. Vivine was in the lead, but she slips at the last minute, and then Nicola steals it at the end. And, yeah, Weininger won this heat at a canter, really. So, yeah, you could talk about the final, then, of the... Right. So, this 92... is the 1992 grand final. Grand final. Uh, Evander Fairchild is a senior staff nurse versus Jane Morris, who's, I don't know. And then it's Weininger Irwin against Kim Dalton. They had the first game, which was the Atlas game. Oh, yeah. Then I wrote a note that they in the 90s, they loved the old two-handed wave. Running, <laughs> running on. Like, <laughs> so, That's like, so 90s, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, they got three three all was the points in there. And then one got Irwin versus Kim Dalton. And they it was... Um, uh, Irwin won six three. Then they did the wall, and Jane wins. Then Kim, then Kim wins, but they both get over. But Kim won the race. Weiniger first gets hit by Warrior on the uh, slingshot or swing shot. Was it swing shot or slingshot? Swing shot, slingshot, slingshot. slingshot. Jane wins, gets smashed. Van der Fairchild does not. Then Weiniger absolutely smashes Kim here four one. So then Weiniger's ahead thirty seventeen. Now it's hang tough. Vander doesn't go down, but Jane gets absolutely destroyed. Wanniger gets five points. King gets five points. Wanniger still ahead. And up, there's Jewel. Vander stays up. Jane stays up as well. Wanniger stays up, but then Kim gets disqualified for throwing his um, stick. And on the Eliminator, Vander wins, but it was very, very close. And then Wanniger absolutely smashes it. And then it's like, you know, completely gracious in victory. Very uh, class classy winner and then kim yeah he just loses what was i gonna say yeah um no weininger's like the best man he's absolutely ace but he was so good and i interviewed his parents and him afterwards yeah. and he was so gracious in his like victory i think yeah. i watched his um eliminator in the 92 so i just went back and watched his um last bit and yeah they were talking to his family he's talking about having a positive attitude yeah i like I mean, how everybody was so graceful i did like that and he was like I, my my inspiration is my mum. i see her get up every morning and go on a the the bicycle machine thing and, oh apparently and, the reason why he got the name weininger was because oh, that was the like surname book. of a german yeah that was in the first episode because obviously eureka's like oh i'm not the only one with a, a foreign sounding name kind of thing and obviously he's like yeah that's how um i got the name that's quite an interesting like, story. That's yeah. like the, the blackest thing in the world. Because that is like black parents tend to do that when they see a really nice name. They'd be like, oh, I'm going to pick that name for my baby and, 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 and whatnot. But no, that was... Honestly, yeah, shout out to Weininger Irwin. I would love to find him and have a chat with him. He seems like such a, a top bloke. Top bloke, yeah. And he's a video editor, so he's in our field. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I will, I will work on that. And then I watched the 1994 grand final. The, the, the grand prize was £5,000. And Eureka's going, you will be £5,000 richer. Lol. And then £2,000 for the uh, runner-up. And she's like, oh, I bet you'll make that 5000 last. For about a day. 
I could spend five grand in about five minutes, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, yeah, the final was Eunice Hut Hut versus Karen Sempi. And the men's was Paul Field and Sam Kojo. First, na- first game was Gauntlet. And you, obviously, you've got to get past all of the gladiators in this uh, Gauntlet, which is, again, another classic gladiator game. Gauntlet, I love That's what I was trying to think of earlier. I loved Gauntlet. Where you're like just like trying to rush, yeah. push through and whatever. You run the Gauntlet, yeah. Eunice did it in uh, 18 seconds. Karen did it in 28 seconds. Paul did it in 18 seconds. And Sam actually got thrown out of the pit by one of the gladiators. So obviously he was quite small or whatever. And they just like yanked him off there. Obviously he didn't necessarily like that. Pursuit is the next game. So, oh no, Pursuit was basically what you have to do is it's like a, a relay race. So you have to like do an obstacle course and then you've got the, uh, the gladiator behind you. So that was Pursuit. And yeah, Eunice and Sempis, Eunice and Karen, they get away. Eunice wins the race. Paul and Sam manage to evade the gladiators and, the, and Paul wins. Pyramid is the next game. And so Lightning and Jet have to uh, get away. Lightning and Jet are the ones who are responsible. And so they stop Eunice and Karen from getting to the top of the pyramid. Paul manages to evade Saracen and make it to the top. And so he gets maximum points. The Wolfman stops Sam. And obviously Sam is not happy. Then obviously um, the Wolfman, because obviously Sam was being cheeky and he grabs Wolfman's leg. And obviously Wolfman's like, yo, he's got my leg. And then obviously John Addison's like, I agree with you, Wolfman, for once. You're in the right here. And obviously Sam's not happy. And then he's like arguing. Powerball was the next one. And then obviously the Powerball is where you basically have to like run through the gladiator and then you have to like put it into the, into the hole or whatever. The girls come out to We Are Family by uh, Sister Sledge. The boys come out too. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Uh, yeah, that, that again, that's like a very big part of my childhood. Hearing those songs. Eunice manages to get eight. Karen gets four. And then you've got the American gladiators who are watching in the audience. Because I think they're doing like a, a version of it with, with them. Paul gets four points and almost concussed. Because that warrior just basically slams him on the floor. Unfortunately, Sam got taken clean out by Shadow. And that lands on his neck or whatever. He has to be stretched off, taken out, taken by St. John's Ambulance, who are there on hand. And obviously Shadow's like, look, I'm really sorry about what happened. Obviously, it's the hurt business. People get hurt. Phil comes in as a replacement, and he gets four points. And obviously, yeah, the gladiators were playing really rough. Jewel was this one. They Both the girls have to face Nightshade. And Nightshade just basically knocks them both down. I'm like, yeah, do your thing, Queen. <laughs> do your thing, Queen. Come on, Queen. Like, Nightshade, she was like, I think she only ever lost once in uh, Duel. Like, I thought, come on, Queen. This is, no, nobody's taking this away from you. And then, then, then it was um, Warrior. And so it's Paul versus Warrior. Paul survives. And then Phil gets knocked down by Warrior. And then, doom, doom. Doom. Another one bites the dust. Hey, doom, doom, doom. And then you know what, Sam? Sam was so like boisterous in the beginning. I feel sorry for him because obviously he was like, "Oh, I'm here for gladiators. I've made the final." And he's and he's trying to like get the audience hyped up, going, "Everybody say, oh, oh, 
Wave your hands in the air. Wave them like you just don't care. And if you like being on gladiators, everybody say, oh, yeah. And obviously he was like all hype or whatever. And then he gets like stretched out. So I thought, damn, brother. <laughs> damn, brother. He was black as well. So I'm thinking, damn, my brother. You know, tonight weren't your night, King. But then, yep, the Eliminator. And then, yeah, so this was the famous one where Eunice, she originally, she was like raced out into the lead. She was like there. Because obviously you're doing the, 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 um, whatever, climbing up and then obviously, and if you enter the travel later wrong, that travel later going to get you, man. Obviously you're tired, jelly legs and Eunice nearly paid for it. But then obviously Karen, she tried to go up and then she slipped and then Eunice went back up again and then she won. And then, and I think Karen beat her in the, uh, the the Ashley series, yeah, yeah. So that's like the only time I think Eunice has lost, and then she came back and then won again. Then Paul had like a ridiculous head start because obviously he was winning by a, a load anyway. So even if Sam made it to the end, he probably would not have beaten Paul. He won it out of canter. His wife and baby, who could not have been older than a month, was watching, which I thought was insane. Literally, I'm I kid you not. The baby was not older than one month years old. They're like just literally holding the like that. Ah! Oh, you're thinking the hell are you bringing a a baby? Are y'all couldn't find a babysitter? To be honest, at that age, it's probably the time to take them. They don't do anything apart from just lay down, drink milk, and go to the toilet. I don't know, man. It's just like a little baby, and you're bringing them there. And then obviously Sam and Phil they split up the the runners up prize. And then I watched the last ever episode of The Gladiators and they made a big deal out of it being the last ever episode. And so in this episode, it's Jane Smith versus Andrea Worry. And there were were previous winners. So this was like a a champions versus champions. So I'm thinking, why the hell did you not bring back Weininger and uh, Eunice? But obviously, I think Eunice was in the beginning of her new career as a Hollywood stunt person. And I think Weininger was probably doing his own thing, but they should have called them back at least. The first game was Powerball. And so the women are coming out to sisters are doing it for themselves. And then obviously the men come up to, let's get ready to rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. And then Jane gets six points. Andrea gets five points. Dave gets two. Mark gets four. And the wall is the next game. And so for the women, it's Siren and Lightning. So Jane gets to the top first and Andrea gets second. And instead of the wall for the, the guys, they have to do swing shot. And Ace and Cobra are the ones. And so Mark gets like 15 points. So he's just basically like bouncing up and getting the balls or whatever. I got swing shot in my notes and not slingshot. So maybe it was swing shot all along. My bad. But yeah, Mark gets like a, a whopping 15 points. And Dave gets four. Next game is Gauntlet. And uh, the girls have to the girls have to face Rio, Rebel, Falcon, Vogue, and Siren. Jane finishes at a quick time. Andrea doesn't even finish the course. And the boys have to f- the boys have to face Rhino, Wolfman, Cobra, Ace, and Hunter. So Mark makes it to the end. And like you see that wolf, like has got a bloody nose. Cobra's got like a massive cut on his head. So it was quite a, a bruising one for the gladiators. And Dave makes it to the end. Hang Tough is the next game. Jane, she gets faced by Siren and she gets beaten. Another one bites dust. Andrea faces Falcon and she survives. Mark has Wolfman and Wolfman beats Mark. 
And like as the last episode, John Fash John Fashionu and John Anderson take down the Wolfman and they like pretend to beat him up. <laughs> and I was just kind of going, Yes, yes, get him, get him, get him. Dave has to face Saracens, but he doesn't make it to uh, the, the Red Rings on time. And obviously, yes, yeah, Saracen was unbeaten with Hank Tough, never lost. And Jewel was the next game. Rio and Rebel and Hunter and Saracen are the gladiators. Jane survives and Andrea survives. Mark and then Hunter knocks him off. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. And then Dave, he manages to knock Saracen off and the Eliminator. Jane, she wins it at a canter and she wins the grand total of £8,000. And uh, Mark slips at the end and Dave nicks it at the end. And Dave was like, I just want to say I want to give two grand to my mate Piers who can't work. And obviously Piers is looking embarrassed in the audience like, oh. And then obviously they do like an end of show montage because obviously again it was like they were making a big thing. Oh, it's the last episode. Tears and and what have you so they do like a nice little montage and that was gladiators Judah gladiators one of the biggest shows of my childhood i think it's up there with heartbeat that we had to watch every single sunday <laughs> <laughs> that's that's two different shows putting them on but you know what yeah gladiators was just oh man gladiators was like one of the best if not the best shows like growing up it's like top five easily easily and it's like one of the most iconic one of the most memorable shows you're ever ever going to watch and yeah it's one of those where i i even remember like the special so like the ashes i remember that the spring box series i remember that all of those little specials they would they would all show it on itv and just i would we'd watch them all like again as a family we would just like we couldn't get it was like an hour right it's just hours just done Right. of like hour of entertainment it was part of like the saturday evening schedule like the big part of it six o'clock or seven o'clock whenever it used to come on it was like it was can't miss television and again it was just like, it was just incredible entertainment for like an hour like just great entertainment so the whole thing was a really good show like absolutely whole... and i'm gonna try my levelist to like get people to talk to because i want to chat to eunice i want to chat to weininger I want to chat to Eureka Johnson even if I can. Maybe not John Fashion. He he scares me, so I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to chat to that dude. I think he even lives in Nigeria. Oh really? The last I heard of him, he was presenting the Nigerian version of Deal or No Deal. That was the last thing I remember him doing. But yeah, John Fashion. Yeah, you're. He's a a law unto himself. So uh, you do your thing, Mister John Fashion. Auga and and what have you. But no, yeah, Gladiators was just super, super iconic, man. Super iconic. Yeah, and, I loved it, uh, yeah. Yeah, and on that note, we'll uh, bring the episode to an end. Warm welcome to Trinidad and Tobago. Oh, nice. We've got some the Caribbean, Caribbean islands, yeah. yeah. Me want all of the Caribbean islands listening to my podcast. I want Jamaica. I want Barbados. I want Bahamas. I want West Indies. I want Montserrat. I want Antigua. I want Grenada. Pizza Nevis, Grenada. I want me one all of the island. All of them. Listen to my podcast. All of the islands. But yeah, big ups to them. China, we've got our first listeners from China. I, I, I don't want to say finally about time, but I you would know. I, I was talking about China the other day. I'd love to go to China. 
to maybe China, do a special to, to do a special podcast episode. It's a fascinating country, isn't it? Fascinating country. Uh, I know so many people who have been and lived there, and man, it's it's, it's an it's an intriguing country. Yeah, but listeners from there, welcome. And obviously Trinidad and Tobago, welcome. I want, like I said, all of the Caribbean island listening to my podcast, all of them. Me want all of them. So, uh, yeah, keep listening. And, yeah, I appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. We're available on all the podcast platforms. So look for us, download us, turn on your notifications so you get new episodes all the time. You can find us on the socials on Instagram. It's yesterday's capers one on Twitter. Yesterday capers youtube.com forward slash yesterday's capers facebook.com forward slash yesterday's capers. You can find me on the socials on Twitter at Abdullah underscore Molim on Twitter on, on Instagram, Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a holler. Give me a shout and join us next time for another episode of yesterday's capers. <laughs>